CrossPolitik begins in three, two, one. Stop a heart that breaks for a dying city. Stop cursing your future. <laughs> Is not true. For all intents and purposes, I am a woman. No government, no political system has ultimate supremacy. Jesus is king of kings, and it's about time our nation returned in humble submission to his lordship. You are not protecting women. You are authorizing the destruction of 500,000 little women every year. I didn't start it. Sir, sir, with all due respect, that's the argument of a five-year-old. I didn't start it. Right when the spirit comes upon people, they go to war. They go to battle, and the enemies of God are driven back, and they're slaughtered. You are listening to CrossPolitik with Gabe Wrench, the water boy, Pastor Toby Sumter, and the Chocolate Knox. Hello, y'all. Welcome to CrossPolitik, coming off our live show last Friday night. Oh, there was a live show? There was. You were there. Yeah, I was? Yes. I'm a little, yeah. I'm, give, me, give, me, give me a second. I'm a little Nate, out of the weather. Nate wasn't so. there. I was not there. Yeah. Hey. And we I were, avoid all live shows. We, <laughs> we do have a guest in the studio, my buddy Nate Wilson. Thank you for joining us. Indy. Aloha. Thank Indy. you all. Mis- Mr. Indy. What's your stage name? Indy. Indy. <laughs> <laughs> Just, uh, it's in, which is short for Indiana Jones. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, I tell that children. That doesn't even make sense. I tell children that it stands for Neville DuPont because they, they want it to stand for something interesting, but it right. doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> you just all that away from them, huh? Just, yeah. two, yes. just two very just American names. <laughs> yes. Nathan David. Not, not thrilling. So for that, for those who don't know who Indy Wilson is, he's a author, writer, Speaker, Move, movie and, maker, and first of all, shame maker, on movie you. maker, if filmmaker. If you don't know, shame on you. I know. For Thanks. Exactly. Yeah. Where, what hole have you been hiding in? Yeah, really. <laughs> you don't read books, do you? You hate words, don't you? Why, why, I knew it. Y2K is over, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lee Pike Ridge. Yep. Well, that was your first one, right? It was. The and, very first one. And, I didn't know that. Yeah. 2007. Right. And then 100 Coverage came out also at the very end of 2007. Okay. My favorite wow. release day of all time, December 26th. Oh, my gosh. No, the worst. <laughs> right after <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> Did you stay up all we night after Christmas? We just spent all our broke. Yeah, so yeah. Just, they came out December 26, 2007, and here we are in 2017. And, so it's and, been 10 years. And these books are like in a bunch of languages. They are. A uh, couple dozen, 24 to 30. That is there. crazy. That is, crazy. It is. That's so awesome. So do you get letters? You get a lot of like fan mail. From I do. Other I get. Countries? I get weird letters. Uh, my favorite ever, I think, came from New Zealand. Yeah. Where it was a bunch of kids in front of a little one-room Maori schoolhouse, all carved mm. with columns, and it was the whole school gathered in front of this little, mm. basically a hut. Wow. You know, sending me a letter about 100 cupboards, and it's wow. It's just weird how far Western media can reach. <laughs> that's, that's cool. That's really. Yeah. That's really crazy, and. uh but we're we'll getting into more later. We're going to talk more. Yeah, okay. We'll get into more right. later. Before, Slow down. Before we get to Nate or to ND, we're going to um, do a little cross-politic news. Um, as you guys know, this last week, I got some a clip here to play for you. Um, but uh, DACA got uh, rescinded by Trump. Hang on. I'm here today to announce that the program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded. The DACA program was implemented in 2012 and essentially provided a legal status for recipients for a renewable two-year term, worker authorization, and other benefits, including participation in the Social Security program uh, to 800,000 mostly adult illegal aliens. 
Wait, is effectuated a real word? I was just going to ask that question. Nate, you're Nate, a writer. We have a wordsmithy among Language us. Language is organic. If Words I- are created all the time. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That's me. You know, that's me. I'm just saying. I like it. That's my kind of term. You guys can't right get effectuated. <laughs> effectuated. Yeah, that's that's in the George W. School of misunderestimated. They said they misunderestimated. I've been on the job twenty four seven. That's twenty four days a week, seven months a year. <laughs> I guess he's from Texas too, huh? Is, yeah. is that Jeff Sessions who's no, talking? Yeah, he's, that's Jeff Sessions. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. the Attorney General. He's the Attorney General, and for those who don't know, uh, DACA stands for Deferred Action of Childhood Arrivals. So what happened was you had this, um, uh, we've had a number of immigrants coming over, not legally, and then their kids grow up here. They aren't even born here. This isn't even talking about the um, the natural born issue. Okay. This is just talking about immigrants who come over, who have young children, and then they grow up in our public school system. and in our, Under in the our, age of 30. Under the age of, is it under the yeah, age of 30? under the age of 30. Yeah, yeah. Now, DACA's not a law, right? No. So that's that's what Trump is actually forcing, is he's forcing Congress to actually enact a law around this. So he... Obama put together just you know his pen and paper, sort of an executive order. Executive order, um, and and that's why he that's why Jeff Sessions said effectuated. He said it wasn't law, <laughs> but that's that's kind of what he was trying right, to get at. It right. wasn't law or any of that. It was effectuated, and and so and so Trump is repealing it or or just canceling it. Well, I don't even know what Trump's doing. No, he just um, he's trying to create some sort he, of law he just around rescinded it. He, he's executive de- decision. effectuating it. <laughs> Basically, what you have is an executive branch that said under the last term, we're not going to execute the law on this. I see on this thing, and we're going to give them social, social security benefits. Yep. And the current executive branch is saying, "Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore." Right. So, and if Congress wants to do something about it, they can't. Think about like a, a sheriff says like hey we're not going to arrest anybody smoking weed in public right in the county anymore we're just right. not going to do that it's still illegal right and you even heard sessions use the word illegal in mm-hmm. there it's still mm-hmm. illegal but we're not going to enforce it the next sheriff shows up and says hey we're going to arrest people smoking pot in public now right They're freak giving, out total you yeah. know total freak out like the yeah. law changed when it didn't right. <laughs> but <laughs> right. but the point is is that this is actually illegal right the the um, what benefits for illegal immigrants? Is that the... Yeah, well, what... Um, under the uh, age of 30. <laughs> Trump signing the executive order, there's no law basis for what he did. Or, excuse me, Obama. Right. Not Trump. Obama. There's no basis for what he did. So it's just a, right. a, a so, piece of paper that people started to follow when there was no legal authority for them to follow in the first place. Right. So what do you think, Gabe? Um, well, I think um, here's actually where I want to go Go with this. Its primary cause is ending as many lives as they can as early as possible, but... E- Talking about Planned Parenthood here. Even they've weighed in on DACA because every left-wing organization must profess the same views on everything. President Cecile Richards of Planned Parenthood explained why in a statement she said, we're quoting now, here at Planned Parenthood, we firmly believe that every person has the right to live. Mm. (laughs) Apparently the batteries in Planned Parenthood's irony detectors failed. (laughs) (laughs) Irony detector failed. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! That just We're not, not even going this, you know? Yeah. So, well, well, first, first off, we have there's a ballsiness to that. I gotta say, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, or a blindness. There's just a blind- no. I think they know. You, you they think know. They know. They absolutely know. Oh. They, I think they just troll the right wing hard. I just don't want to believe somebody can be that stupid. Well, I, I think I think they're <laughs> or that that evil. We're talking about that. Evil. Yeah, that evil. I can't believe yeah. that they can be that evil because if they do know, they can push it right in their right in our faces. If Trump right, right knows how to troll the left yeah. and even the center, which he absolutely does, he's probably mm-hmm. the most gifted troll 
you know, of the, of the social media yeah, era. Yeah, Is that a spiritual gift? Number two, silver medal goes to Planned Parenthood. They know how to troll hardcore. They absolutely do it intentionally. They know exactly what to get Tucker Carlson to quote him on. Yep. And yeah. troll is a good word for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I, I feel like their trolling doesn't work though. Does it work? Are we sitting here talking about them? I mean, yeah, but I mean, not, <laughs> not to the point where it's like, okay, there's some validity to it. At least Trump has some validity to it. You know what I mean? He, he has a position that it, I can see how he can get there every now and then. But <laughs> it's like, it's Trump like, will throw out like just completely baseless factual claims on Twitter at 2 a.m. <laughs> and, and just send the entire left. And knows, you know, and knows that he's running the next news cycle. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and he, he sends them all it. scurrying after it. Yeah. And on yeah. the flip side, Planned Parenthood knows how to yell boo at the right wing, too. And they need an angry right wing in order to fundraise. That's true. So they need, you know, people pushing against them. They need people attacking them. Now in I don't order feel so fundraise. good talking about them. <laughs> at least, no, 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 at no, least no, on no. this one, I think I think Nate's absolutely right. I mean, I think this is that's, that's a troll that, move from that, them. That seems like so right. Yeah. Right. Up, right in your face. They know they're killing babies. They know they don't think what they just said about everybody has the right to life. They know that. And they just throw it out there so that we all say, hey, you know. Yeah. Look at how stupid it, they sound. Yeah. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. But I think we should still do it because they still sound stupid. Yeah, yeah we of should, course. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Okay, then in that case, yeah, I'm back in. <laughs> you know. we, but, should, we should laugh. We should make fun of them. We should mock them. Yeah. We should say this is evil. But at the same but we don't want to play. We don't have to play into the, like, get all screechy and, you know, how right. dare you. Right. You know, when it comes to DACA, I've been listening to a, a lot of people don't even know what's going on with that. Right. I, mean, no. I keep on hearing deportation, deportation, yeah, right. deportation, right. but it doesn't seem like what's going on. It seems like there's a setup there. Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a setup there. Now, what's interesting about DACA was that you had to sign up for the whole ordeal, right? Like if you were a legal uh, immigrant, to get social security, to get social you had, security, to, you had yeah. to sign up, which mm-hmm. right. a lot of them did. So guess what? We all know who you are now. <laughs> we know their names. We know your yeah. names. We know, it feels like a Hitler move, doesn't it? Like it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just weird. Yeah. So now we know who you are. We know where you're at, and we're giving so you money. So that you can get benefits when you're 65. Yeah. <laughs> if like they still as exist. if that's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, so that's all it was is for Social Security. Uh, no, and there's some of deportation. There's other stuff yeah. too. Okay. I've, there's I've some other the benefits. Thing. Okay. But but also they got a Social Security number so they could go get a job. Right. Oh, right. I see. Yeah. Right. So there's some job legal Some benefits. fringe benefits that come with having a social security number. They received number. a national identification number. Without being yeah. considered a, a citizen? A citizen. Yeah. How does that work? Right. Interesting. By fiat. Know, yeah. <laughs> right? I, I don't know. Would you, would you, Nate, would you de- deport them? If, uh, now that you know who they are, where they're at? Or I think the whole system is so messed up. Yep. So profoundly messed up that I wouldn't just deport people who'd been here a long time. I think you have to start by closing off like the current channels that are being used. So a fresh start. Yeah, just start over and then figure it out. But you, if you're hemorrhaging, don't worry about the blood on the floor. Like worry, worry about the actual right. gut wound stop, right now. So stop the bleeding. Yeah. So, so you're, you're totally for a wall. Uh, you know, actually, no, I am for actual effective border security. I don't know that a wall would be that. Yeah. You know, walls seem pretty simple. Um, <laughs> it's not helping right now. No, we do have a wall in places where it's not working. So. Yeah, right. You know, it's like a wall, whatever. But what if it has solar panels on it? <laughs> then I'm for it. If there's if there's a windmill, that, that was one of Obama's. Uh, no. If Trump's there's a windmill so on every did. post, so, so, solar power so and the spinning power. blades would also be great security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that could work. And efficient too. Okay. Yeah. So, what would be a, a good form of active border security? Like, would you just implement well, people think- at the at the at the borders, or would you just? Try to let Indy Hill. I got. I got. Yeah, I, I know what you say, Gabe. What, what would I say? 
I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Texas well, Rangers. That's what Gabe's going to say. You get Texas, Chuck Norris. <laughs> no. Yeah. Not working for us, Gabe. Cowboys. Well, I think a lot of a lot of our border issues could be eliminated if we just got rid of a lot of the um, our social programs. Because we're incentivizing the wrong kind of immigration over to the U.S. It wouldn't stop at all, but that's a big part of our problem. Is a lot of the um, immigrants come over and then they get on our social service programs. They're incentivized. Yeah, I, th- I think over, people you know? still come over regardless of the social program. I, th- I think they would. I know a lot. I mean, I we when we were in uh, Toby is South, illegal. Actually, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I'm uh, He's from Alaska. I'm actually Mexican. <laughs> I um, knew it. Uh, the uh, self-identified. No, yeah. Um, I feel deep inside my soul that really. Come on, stop me. Um, no, but the so racist game. But there's a lot. <laughs> Oh man! All right, um, save us, Toby. David, I will talk with you about this. Okay. Um, no, no, but I think, but lots of people come over illegally, and they also work hard. Of course, there's, yeah. there's oh, lo- yeah. there lots of people come over because they can get jobs, they can work hard, yeah. and they know that they can keep their money. You know, and, and it doesn't get taxed, <laughs> right? I mean, like it's. So there's both there's both sides of it. So I think you're yeah. right. On the one hand, like we do need to take, turn the faucet off, and like and and um, I mean we shouldn't be giving the kinds of you know welfare to our own people that we're doing. Yeah, um, that's already a problem. But you all you but we do have a lot of people coming in who just want to work hard and and make a life for themselves. I can say um, I think that if you're talking about people who are risking life and limb to pay coyotes and smuggle themselves in and have to live off the grid, that mo does not go hand in hand with laziness. People want to yeah, think right, it does. Right, like, right. That's a huge amount of effort. Right. You know, it's like on foot, however they're doing it, trying to get into the country and to running, work at and very the, and they're running jobs. From, they're running from something. Yeah, they are. And they're also, when they're here, are fairly defenseless. They're at the mercy of, you know, employers and they don't have much recourse. So they're not, I don't think we're dealing with a lazy population. I think we're dealing with a very committed, Mm-mm. you know, devoted right. population. And, you know, something Jeb said in the election and got mocked for, but just about, Basically, if I were in their shoes, I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> you know, I'd be mm. trying to get into this country. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, yeah, honestly, if you were right there and it sucked that badly and the economy and the cartels, yep. are, you know, are, are really making your life hell. Right. Would you try to make your way up to Colorado? Well, shoot, the way America's Absolutely. going right now, I'm trying to figure out where do I escape to. <laughs> like, we have to get out this joint. <laughs> but, but it's but it's still not that bad. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's just so you know, there's nowhere else. I know. I know. I <laughs> know. You can fuss as Canada, much as you want, but maybe. it's the best place <laughs> in the cold. world. Yeah. <laughs> so the way things are going, you know, but no, but seriously, like I would do, to- I would totally be doing that. Yeah, absolutely. So, so a question. the social, the social programs, sure. We should fix those. Just, I think philosophically, theologically, constitutionally, they need to be fixed. That would not turn off the tap of illegal right. immigration because what they're doing is they're coming here for jobs right. and right. money that they can send home and support families. So, and it's also, yes, it's a cash, you know, usually under the table, cash, untaxed income. If you do get a social security number, it becomes taxed. So that back to the DACA thing, you know, now your income's actually being taxed. Now you're paying into the pot. Yeah, you're paying into the the system. So I think it's more complicated than that. And I think Americans are lazy because we're the rich trust fund kids. And there there is a bunch of, exactly, there's a bunch of of weird, um, prideful nationalism yeah, racist stuff. I mean, we we pull that kind of card, and and I, it gets overused on in a lot of places playing identity politics. But I think there is a kind of a rich kid syndrome of you know I'm here and I deserve 
you know, we don't want them taking our jobs. We don't want to take our jobs, even though they, they want to go even though, even though work they, in the field. Anyway, yeah, they'll work harder yeah. and they'll do a better job. But yeah. I want I want to have freebies and free handouts, easy right. handouts, and um, and I'm threatened by the fact that they're hard workers, and you know that's something that has to get. Side note: AI is coming, and some of the first developments are uh, field working robots. Yeah, so pickers mm. and so on, and that would be yeah. one of the first things to happen. It'd be the wow. replacement of illegal immigrants in our necessary economy like we currently need them sure we use them we Mm -hmm. pretend like we don't but we're incentivizing them all to come with cash and we want strawberries and tomatoes and grapes and apples and everything else right um so we want them here and then we say we don't and we resent them so i think we're the petulant ones yeah Mm. but they support our organic economy but even even with (laughs) even with artificial intelligence even with you know the robots yeah coming I mean, that even, every step of uh, um, every time we've made an, uh, a technological advance, there have been numerous other jobs that have um, come along with those advances. So I don't think it's going to be an easy just sort of like, so now they do all our jobs and now there's a bunch of people that don't have anything to do. Now there's a bunch of robot maintenance no, no, jobs. Exactly. Now there's, <laughs> exactly. Now there's a bunch exactly. of maintenance jobs. And, you know, so I think we have to recognize that that happens. And I don't think it's, this is the way God made the world, that technological advance doesn't displace people. No. No. Exactly. Technological it, advance it mm-hmm. it it changes the kinds of work that we have to do, right. but it doesn't it doesn't just displace people. There's been uh, there's been economic studies that have shown innovation creates far more jobs than they might eliminate initially. And, and, sure, but I will I will just disagree with that just for fun and say that it absolutely does displace people. It doesn't displace humanity. It displaces very particular people, right? In particular in places, particular moments, yeah. who have but, one skill set and they're not about to get go sure. back and retrain. That's that's true, no. but but the world, but we the the way that God made the world, there's not a um, it's it's not a pie in which um you get a bunch of robots, you know, and they get half the pie, and now that means humanity is it's therefore the half. it's yeah. less of the pie. Yeah, the, the world is created with the kind of resources and treasures such that even as we learn how to harness certain ones of them better, there's going to be new opportunities. But it's going to take ingenuity and creativity Absolutely. and they're willing to work yeah. hard. And if you're not willing to do that then, yeah, you might get stuck. Nate Wilson in studio with us, causing a havoc. (laughs) As I do. (laughs) As he does. (laughs) When we come back, to Matt Walsh or to not Matt Walsh? (laughs) More with Nate Wilson next on Cross Politics. For 21 years and counting, New St. Andrews College has sought to obey Christ's great commission to disciple nations and build him a house. Not just in Jerusalem, but throughout the world. Not with stones and mortar, but with living stones. We build and fight. This is the task of a Christian liberal arts college, to equip students with the tools to build and fight. And this is our joyful task as we seek to graduate leaders who shape culture through wise and victorious living. To learn more, check us out online at nsa.edu. Canon Press is a publishing house located in Moscow, Idaho. Canon Press, we create and provide products that sketch a vision of the whole life, a whole culture, a life full of beauty, tradition, education, community, laughter, and celebration, unashamed of Christ, and sharply at odds with the values of modernity, a mature culture with the church at the center, living out the good life, one family at a time. We believe our book, audio, and visual selections reflect this exciting life that God has given us under the sun. As the wisest man said, go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Canonpress.com. 
Welcome back, y'all, to Cross Politic. We got Indy Wilson, Indy Wilson, in the studio with us today. This segment is brought to you by H2O. Because we got fires all around us. Because it's smoky out there. Yes. It's uh, smoky out there. We're out at uh, Gabe's home studio. Sure. With, that uh, sounds cool. Home studio. That sounds really cool. <laughs> with Indy Wilson in the house. And, I feel um, real chill right now. We're, I'm yeah. not even drinking. Which we're we're effemicating out, out here. What? We're effemicating out here. Effectuating. Effectuating. There we go. You're looking for effectuating. Yeah, you scared Gabe. me just now. Gabe. Gabe. Gabriel. Oh. This is a family. Oh. This is a family show, Gabe. That was oh. bad enough. I go, yeah. Gabrielle. Yeah. <laughs> Love. Love. <laughs> You know, both both y'all only only hear her out of one ear. That is true. Did you know that? Just, I, just uh, the difference is, I'm, I'm like Lady Gaga. I was born this way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whereas I was handcrafted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? I wasn't handcrafted. <laughs> Psalm 139. <laughs> what? what? In the womb, like yes. That? I was presuppositionally handcrafted. <laughs> I, I was. I was whittled. <laughs> Which ear is it for you? It's the um, um, left ear. Right. My ear. left ear is dead. Yours mm-hmm. is. Oh, um, my right ear is dead. Right ear. So, okay. What I want to know, Gabe, is does your right ear scream at you? Um, No. You have no false noise? No. It's, I just have a constant fire alarm in my my left ear. Really? really? So it's not really deaf. It doesn't think it is. It's constantly inputting the panic signal. Something's wrong. Something's yeah, wrong. Something's right. wrong. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Shut up. It, so you actually hear something. Oh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. It, but it's just, but it's nothing. White noise. Clear. So have you ever heard of tinnitus? Like, it's just any kind of ringing in oh, your ear. Oh, okay. Ringing. Um, but that's like it's like that, but on steroids. Oh, so, wow! Ouch! I'm practicing going zen all the time. Right. Like just, so that's why you're so chilled out. Okay. Just you gotta yeah. like relax and not worry about the fire alarm in your left ear. And uh, and how did you go deaf in that ear? Oh, uh, at the hands of a surgeon named Doctor Friedman in L.A. Friedman. Yeah, Doctor Friedman down in L.A. And he uh, he because you had a tumor sliced mm-hmm. my acoustic mm-hmm. nerve with a blade <laughs> or a laser. That's how I went deaf in that ear. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I actually don't know if it was steel or light that did it, but yeah, I had a rare tumor in my acoustic canal, the size of an egg that was going to eventually kill me. It was killing me softly. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, they went in there and said, Fuji's. Mm-hmm. But even bef- <laughs> before the Fuji's, oh, you're, you know, you're going I'm farther going, back. I'm going pre-Fuji's <laughs> with that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was in there and it actually started, it, it showed up as the screaming in my ear. Okay, so that's, that's, that's when, what first started. That was the first trigger. Were, my ear, my actual hearing turned off, and the screaming started. And so then that was well. like a year ago, or that was close. So that was November. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's when that first happened, and then I'm four months post op now. So yeah, you're still exciting. figuring this out a little bit, then, huh? Yeah, they tell me it's a full year before you know what you're going to be. Okay, so wow. See, my my story was um, very similar to Nate's, but not really. I was <laughs> in that it's related I to his ear. In that it's related Does it have to something to do with Texas? I was uh, no, no, but it, I mean, I was born in Texas. Um, <laughs> didn't notice. I was, I was born with a, with a deaf ear, but I didn't find out till I was like 10 or 11 years old. And, and I mean, this, this could maybe indicate that I might've been like retarded a little bit when I was younger. Uh, there's only several, when he was younger. Only when I was younger. <laughs> it went away. It went away. It wore off around 10 or 11. <laughs> Don't do that. The jokes are coming. Don't do it. It went away. I literally, there was, um, uh, I mean, I did, I had no clue that I was deaf in this ear. I, I remember answering the phone with my bad ear. 
like picked up the phone <laughs> and nobody answered there. it. Nobody's there, and I'm saying hello, hello, and, I, and, and I'm like, all right, can't hear you. You know, hang up. <laughs> bad, bad connection. It's one of those bad landline connections back in the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Oh, literally, like 15 seconds later, they call back, and I don't know what had happened, but I'd switched hands. I was holding something, and I picked up with my other hand, and I answered with my good ear, and I answered just like nothing had happened, and, and I had like, no, oh, I had no it's clue. It's just a bad connection, and. uh and then finally, which was true. It was a bad connection. It was. <laughs> it was. We just with, didn't know where it was with my ear, right? And um, uh, and and so one one Sunday school class, we're we're playing the game, and you know, you whisper in the ear, and you whisper in the next person's ear, you whisper in the next person's ear. The teacher started with me, and she whispered in my bad ear, and I'm like, I can't hear very well in that ear today. That was that was my response. I was like, I, you know, do this one. And then after class, she told my mom, she's like, Gabe said he couldn't hear very well in his ear, and and then. Um, that's when, Ever. I, that's when I went to the studio and we found out that I was like, I had a, a, an undeveloped nerve that never um, developed. So there well, you go. My deaf ear. You know, that's, you know, it's hard for me to laugh at some of this because for me, my ears are my work. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're talking about like, you're noticing this humming happening in your ear. Oh, it sucked. It scares me to death to wake up and like, oh my goodness, what's happening? Cause that's how I make my living is through yeah. mixing and audio and, and right. so to do something like that, it's like, Lord, what are you doing to me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was not pleasant. And uh, now I'm in mono instead of stereo. But it's a, um, hmm. it's it was weird because it was in a business meeting and Gabe's brother was to my left and he asked me to pray for the lunch. And all I heard was like this, whoa, 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 like come from over there. Oh, wow. And it just turned off. The ear just turned off in the middle of the meeting. Wow. Right. And there. I looked at him and just the screaming started just like just. Mm. High pitched went in my ear, so yeah, I started trying to track that down. Mostly because the the panic I felt was like if I don't know what caused this, I might lose the other one. Yeah, like, yeah. Right. Exactly. Down, now that I'm down right. to one, right? Yeah. So or a leg. I actually was weird, weirdly <laughs> on that regard. I was a little bit grateful when somebody called me and said, "Um, you have a brain tumor." Oh, like, oh. I thought, oh, good, good <laughs> <laughs> relief. I'll get, I get to keep my other ear, right? You know, it's like I'm not, yeah. I'm not. Needing to go take an ASL class right now and start learning sign language. Right. Yeah. So, so you wrote a book a few years ago called Death by Living. Probably when the tumor started growing? Uh, you know, I had it when I wrote it. Wow. Yeah. They yeah. said I probably had it for about 10 years, which is my entire writing career. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So Really? 10 years? 8 to 10, yeah. The size it was, it had gotten quite large. So wow. They, well, you got to start before Death by Living. Notes for the Tilted World, right? So oh, okay. I got I to start there, but only because... Notes from a Tilted World. I was in I was in seminary when I read that book, and it was one of the books where, you know, you go into seminary, you're getting all this knowledge. You're like, "Yay, I know theology. I'm on top of the world." And then all of a sudden, Notes from a Tilted World, boom! But you don't know theology, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you're not tasting this thing. Like you're not living in this thing. And Notes from a Tilted World just made me stop for a second and start biting and eating the theology that I'm that I'm reading every day and really. Uh, understand how practical it really is and sometimes in seminary i think we lose just how tangible uh, the, the god that we're studying is and so oh. notes from a tilted world kind of just smacked me in the face and said man you need to taste and see of the lord that was the first book that kind of led me to like death by living was kind of like the sequel to that for me you yeah. know what so, I mean? so what so describe notes from a tilted world for our listeners uh, notes from the tilted world is a manifesto of faith basically and the reason why I wrote it at all was because I was being successful in the, you know, the New York publishing world and people around the country were acting like I had this skeleton in my closet called Christianity. 
Oh. And they were, they were, <laughs> you were hiding it in yeah. hundred cupboards. Yes. We know it was. Yeah. In, in, in the cupboards trilogy and in yeah. Leap Hike Ridge, like people were sort of picking up, like, wait a second. There's a Jesus in here somewhere. There's a chapter, <laughs> <laughs> there's a chapter called Easter. And I remember getting off of a stage in New York once and this woman came running up, just cursing at me as I was coming down the steps and she had, she looked like a member of the other team. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the tattoos and the, the, the dyed hair and all the piercings. And she was also slinging F bombs at me as I was coming. My editor kind of jumped, oh, nice. tried to jump in between us. Like what's going on here? Uh, it turned out that she had actually written a review of Lee Pike Ridge. She was a critic and she had given me this like great review, this you know, <laughs> soaring positive <laughs> review. And then she said she woke up days later and realized I'd pulled off that C.S. Lewis beep, you know, just, and she just went off. And so I told her, it's like, you know, it wasn't a secret. You know, the chapter was called Easter at the end. You know, he comes out of the grave and, you know, I didn't, I wasn't trying to be sneaky. Right. And, um, yeah, she went off. But you had tricked her. Yes, it didn't work. And then I was snarky at her because she said she had said she woke up three days later, and I said, "You said three days." And then she she went off a little bit more. But um, basically, what ended up happening is Random House asked me to write a statement of faith, mm. which is Random funny. House did. Yeah, and they said, "Could we? Ha- we're hearing <laughs> so pleasure. much. Wow. We are getting so many concerted complaints pushed from." the the hard left the sexual left yeah is probably the best way to describe it do, do you know what this guy thinks do you really know just like yeah really going at random house to drop me and be done with me and stop promoting me and they had a form letter even being sent out by one librarian at a university that she was sending out to every critic every reviewer anybody who said anything good about me she was sending out this form letter on mm-hmm. how i abused my wife and i mean it was bad like we wow. could have sued her but we didn't whoa but anyway, Random House had a statement of faith that I wrote for them, which was their auto reply. So Random House began distributing my statement of faith back out to these people saying, like, this is... Random House is helping evangelize the world. <laughs> but it was just an answer. Like, you... you they, cause they would say the most absurd things that I believed. Like, did you know he thinks? And they'd say, actually, this is what he thinks. And they'd send it out. Right. And that made me think, okay, I need to actually write mm. my statement of faith, really. Yeah. Um, notes, which became notes from the tilt world. And that was a book I had always planned on writing and I had planned on writing sort of in middle age. Like I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm gonna do this novel stuff. I'm chasing yeah, yeah. these novels. Then, then I'll yeah. write this. God said now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. God said now. So I thought, you know what? I just need to stop running and like lean into it and yell boo. You know, yeah. like I'm not pretending like I'm not a Christian. I'm not trying to be sneaky. Yeah. So I wrote notes from the tilt world and the goal um, as far as as Thomas Nelson, yeah, no, it's, it's Thomas Nelson, yeah, yeah. So my manifesto of faith, and the goal is just to push people to actually mean what they say, yeah, to mm-hmm. live what they say. So if you believe the world is created ex nihilo, then mean it. Yeah. What does that actually mean? What does that mean to how you go through your day? How how wide your eyes are when you hear God speaking? You know, I can't tell you how many times through various evangelical circles I heard people talk about how God's no longer speaking. Yep. Yeah, yep. uh, that's such a joke. Yeah. It's like, are you still here? Then he's still talking. Yeah, right. You know, it's like this world is held from nothing, you know, into into reality by his voice, by the power of his voice. Yep. That's the miracle of creation. So mm. I started with just ex nihilo creation, that then pushed all the way through. You know, what does that just that mean to every aspect of our lives? So that gets into the gospel and everything else. 
I sent it in probably like three in the morning. I sent it off to the publisher. I was writing in my, in my bedroom. My wife just sort of woke up as I clicked send <laughs> and looked at me and said, you know, are you done? It's like, yes, I sent it off. And she said, how do you feel? And I said, I feel like I just streaked through a mega church. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I just, like just, this is, this is going off. And now, now for the first time I'm writing in the specifically. Sorry, the visual. <laughs> just, just like, we all stopped looking at Nate. <laughs> just like pushed in the doors and just ran through the sanctuary. And, and just ran out the back. Like, yeah. I just felt like I went right That's through. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was the first time I'd actually ever stepped into the, uh, I don't know, you could say the gospel industrial complex or like just uh-huh. into yeah. contemporary Christian publishing, anything. I hadn't yeah. done anything in the faith market. Right. Like right. as right. so just so described. So well, what's I'd, what's the reception been? Um it was banned from Lifeway. Yep. Tilt War was? Oh yeah, yeah, they wouldn't carry it. What for? Uh they, am I allowed dude, to, Lifeway. Am I allowed to cuss? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, because of the word shitstorm. In the, in the, I yeah. use the word shitstorm. And that's, that's the show Baraka, well. the problem. We, we inter- yeah. interviewed show Baraka, and okay. he got his new See, album banned for yeah. saying penis. 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 Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. I emailed him and told him he wasn't cool because I got banned first. <laughs> 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 and I also told him that he was banned for a completely egregious use of the word penis, where Maya was an entirely justified use of the word shitstorm. <laughs> 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 but, but uh so thomas nelson begged me to remove the word i wouldn't because lifeway said they wouldn't carry it uh-huh. um i had included a number of other things i knew that the the publisher wouldn't like but i had included them so that i could take them out you know uh-huh. so that i yep. could work yeah. with them so i i took out like 17 things but that was that was the <laughs> one thing i was <laughs> yeah, yeah i was not gonna let go of that because i was describing you know, a materialistic, atheistic worldview. Yeah. Right. Like, what is it out there? You look at the universe, if it's chaos, if it's all an accident, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. I, I didn't want to use it frivolously. It's like, especially in a, you know, in a Christian book and Christian bookstores. But despite that, it uh, became very, very popular. It's had a really strong following yeah. um, since right. it was published. And you created a CD no, <laughs> right, a yeah, DVD there's, a, there's it, a DVD which has helped a lot. That that a beautiful yeah. DVD, and yep. that thing uh, has outsold the book. Yeah, no way. Right? Which is yeah. So it the DVD has gone, you know, all sorts of places. The book didn't reach. There's a lot of people. I mean, Campus Crusade bought bought yeah, they bought a lot. thousands and thousands yeah. of them to give away to freshmen, wow. and um, so that was great. But then notes from the Tilted World was still very philosophical, big picture. It was personal, like mean it. But I wanted to talk about life and relationships, your place in time where you come from, your history, and the fact that you are creating history for other people right now. And so that became Death by Living. The follow-up book was and so basically the, all the that two are stuff. connected. Yeah, they are. Where it's like, one's more Google Earth, you know, <laughs> the, where it's like it's high level, but it zooms into very specific moments, and Death mm-hmm. by Living is more personal. Mm. Google so, Maps. Yeah, I think, I think one of the reasons, <laughs> too, the DVD did so well was that is right around the era where NUMA videos from um, uh, Rob Bell... Yeah. We're just starting to fall off. Like I think he's a heretic. I think he's a like, bad guy. Wait a second. Why yeah. is he always walking in place? Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's holding the fan? <laughs> Why is his hair blowing? <laughs> After a while, yeah, people were pretty done with him. And then Death by Living was just like a perfect because it seems like the evangelical world is scared of uh, stories. They're scared of of anything that's not uh, explicit exegetical teaching. And so Rob Bell had kind of opened up to the people who were somewhat artistic. 
and say, oh, finally, we can give visuals to the things that we believe. Finally, a Christian who doesn't mean it. <laughs> As if we've been but, short on those. <laughs> but we realize that. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are a little late. Like, come on, guys. But um, notes from a tilted world were really kind of the beauty of text and imagery kind of combined so that people can say, oh, good, something with solid theology and it looks beautiful. So I think, of course, that's why it blew up. It was filling that gap that really and still a lot of people haven't filled that gap. Yeah, it's there's actually hard. there's been a number. It's in a, in a very real way. Notes from the tilted world. The book created a little subgenre of Christian writing when I wrote it and they tried to take it out. Bookstores didn't know where to put it. Mm-hmm. And and since then there have been many, you know, there are many attempts to kind of do something similar. Some of them are great. Some of them are they want to do it because they don't want to believe what I believe. I'm a very <laughs> right, like straight <laughs> up. The Bible yeah. is the Bible. This is the Word of God guy, and they want to do you know something that's a little more you but know. But it's coming from the guys who say that they're very Bible. Yeah. You know, it's coming from right. the guys who say we're all Bible only. But that's just too much Bible, Nate. Like that's just, you know what I mean? Like, you know, people don't mean that. They say ju- it's just, that, it's just yeah. like it's just like everything else. So you say the world was created from nothing by speech, but do you really actually think that and mean that in in your everyday life? Do you receive the things around you as if they were spoken by God? Really? Not usually. No. Right. Then you have the people who are the most anti. For example, all my other books, fantasy, anything with monsters or magic. <laughs> Also are the people, like the people who are really, really anti my fantasy novels are all Bible, 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 Bible. And it's like, do yeah. you know the first wizard duel was Moses in the, in the court of Pharaoh? <gasps> That's like, right. Yeah, yeah. Where do you think you call it a wizard yeah. duel? Where do you think Gandalf came from? Where do, you, like, where do you think the ideas for the old man with the big beard and the staff, the magical yeah. staff came from? You know, like it's, if you believe the Bible, you believe in fantasy. Yeah. Capital no. F. Yeah. <laughs> when we come back, Death by Living with Nate Wilson, um, really want to get into this book and why we should really be reading this book. So impactful. And uh, I want you to maybe give a shout out to my mom. Hey, David's mom. <laughs> when we come back, though. <laughs> More than Nate. Way to make David. Way to make David. This is Cy Timbrunke with Answer Anyone Apologetics. Professed unbelievers like to stump Christians with the question, can God make a rock so big that he can't lift it? Well, no. No, he can't. There are things that God cannot do. He cannot lie. He cannot change. And he can't contradict himself, to name but a few. Of course, then the professed unbeliever will say, if God can't do those things, then he isn't all-powerful. What they refuse to realize is that those things are not powers. They are weaknesses. To make a rock so big that it can't be lifted would be a logical contradiction. That would be a weakness, not a power, and is therefore something that God cannot do. Of course, they'll likely insist that in order to be omnipotent, God must be able to do the logically impossible. Then I say, okay, fine. A God who can do the logically impossible can, in fact, make a rock so big that he can't lift it. To which they say, aha, then there's something that your God can't do. He can't lift that rock. And I answer, no. A God who can do the logically impossible can lift a rock he can't lift, and the absurdity of their demand is exposed. When we defend our faith, stick to the true nature and character of God, and you can answer anyone. For more apologetic answers, visit AnswerAnyone.com.
Welcome back to Cross Politic. I really missed our music. Yeah, it's one of I my did. favorite things. Yeah. We got uh, Indy Wilson with us in the studio. He's about to break open a can. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, but before you do. Okay. So, kind of serious. My mom just, uh, so she had cancer. Okay. Uh, multiple, multiple, multiple myeloma. I can never say that right. Mm. And um, she's been struggling with that the last four years or so. Wow. Over. Mm. And um, thanks be to God, she's um, in remission. She had stem cell um uh, stem cell transplant, treatment, transplant. Treatment. yeah they okay. yeah where yeah. they kind of wash out yeah. all your old stem cells and um give you new ones energize them and yeah. send them back to your body and so that's been a remission so praise god for that but recently she's just uh so guys pray for my mom she's just recently found out that she has liver cancer oh, man. and uh when she started going through uh cancer uh the first one i gave her death by living and she was really kind of concerned about the you know, what about my legacy that I'm leaving for my kids? Yeah. What about, you know, how am I going to make sure you guys have something? You know, I'm going to pass on a future to to you mm. guys. And um, my my comment to my mom has been, Mom, you know, sowing the word of God into my kids, the way you sown into me is the best gift that I could have from you. Yeah. You know, so mm. come <laughs> yeah. sow into my children uh, with the energy that you have, the life that you have right now. Don't waste it and trying to feel like you need to give us financial things come give it to my children in your godly wisdom, you know? So right now she's in a situation where, um, they're kind of concerned that the liver cancer might really take her out. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she's, she's decided, she said, I didn't even know how to fight anymore. I was done fighting. And she's just kind of the place right now where, um, she doesn't, um, she doesn't know she's going to live for the next two years. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to help energize her, yeah. I'm trying to help her understand just how valuable she still is. Could you help me with that? Can you help? <laughs> could you help me kind of like, come on, man, you got death by living. You wrote a book on the whole thing. The The thing is that as far as you valuing her, that's what matters. Yeah. That matters a lot more than her valuing herself. Yeah. You know, so if, if she is exhausted or fatigued, you know, you honoring her and respecting her and praising her and loving her is the most important thing you can, you can do. Yeah. Instead of trying to motivate her. Like, mm. there's there's a time for that but um what she needs in those kind of situations when your gas tank runs down all the way and you're yeah. on, and you're on empty you don't need somebody saying hey fill that up mm. you know it's like right. come on now let's fill that up you fill it up yeah you know it's like you pour on that affection and respect and honor and gratitude um knowing that we're all here briefly yeah you know all of us are and brushes with mortality are a very very healthy thing for all of us and for people who are standing around it too. So, you know, you, the things, you use the time wisely. Mm. And I think one of the ways you do that too, is you, you incur, you keep telling when God gives life until the very last breath, until the very last heartbeat, he's giving life. Yep. Mm -hmm. No matter how weak it seems, how frail and fragile it seems, he's still giving life yeah. through that life. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of the things that, that I wrestled with when my father-in-law, he had multiple myeloma. He passed away from that, yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah. Uh, two and a half years ago. And he's one of those, those grandpas, those granddads. That's like, you know, taking the, the grandson's fishing, you know, loves the history of the land, you know, like he had dreams of being that grandpa yeah. right. to my kids, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and I think he wrestled with it. You know, we all wrestled with like, Oh, the Lord's not going to give that. Yeah. Yeah. But 
that wasn't be, that wasn't because the that God wasn't giving us something. He mm-hmm. de- he decided to give us something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and so he gave us the gift of watching my father-in-law walk through this with courage. Yeah. In his weakness. And so it wasn't a matter of us necessarily saying, you know, trying to give him a pet talk. Right. It, but it was a matter of saying you are still giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he did. Like all the way to the end he was giving by just being there. Yeah. Even in his weakness, he was because, and ultimately that's because Christ was in him. And so Christ is giving life through him, even in a, in a broken and a, you know, breaking body. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and I had, I had like, I remember, uh, like right at the very, very end, I was, I was staying over at their house nights sometime just so I could give my mother-in-law a chance to sleep through the night. Cause he couldn't sleep through the night. And so I'd, that. I'd stay nights sometimes and help him in the evening because he couldn't lay down very long and he just was in a lot of pain and he'd want to get up and stand and it was this like 45 50 minute walk down the hallway with him it was so <laughs> slow it was hilarious. and uh but man there were several nights where like he would just say something funny uh-huh. and we would just die laughing at like <laughs> three in the morning in a hallway yeah and he you know and, and we and like you know we just knew like that's that's not that's that's god still giving life through a dying man in that moment yeah, yeah. in that moment and um and he was giving he was giving something different and that's i think one of the crucial things is to tell people who are going through those things you're still giving while god's given you life there's still life flowing from you yeah and it's a part of the, a big part of the point of death by living was the fact that we're all dying mm-hmm. and especially in this country this time we love to pretend like we're not we love to try <laughs> to hide mortality elsewhere we you know we quarantine death completely it's which, over there yeah we try to so we're all dying you know it's like you've been given you know a a basically a savings account of heartbeats you there's there's a fixed there's a fixed number of heartbeats that you've been given and we're all spending them at the same rate like we're all just spending spending through it um and we don't know how how many we've been given and then sometimes god tells people like hey you're running out Sometimes we don't even know. Nobody, right. nobody it knows. Just it's just, just done. Right. And that's, and so I do think there is a specific gift. It's hard. It's brutal, but there's a specific gift to having some kind of knowledge of like, okay, we're, yeah. we're oh, coming absolutely. to the finish line. Yeah. Now we know to treasure these heartbeats <clears throat> yes. right now. And for the people around you to treasure them too, as opposed to it being sudden, you know, and, and later at the same time, the other thing that's hard is any kind of gratitude. You know, it's like it's we're we can get ungrateful very, very easily. So easily. We are all like Powerball winners. Like (laughs) imagine winning Powerball when it was only 40 million dollars. And then late you're looking at a Powerball winner who won it when it was four hundred million dollars, and you're like, "Oh, you chump! (laughs) Why? Why did I have to win Powerball when it was only forty million? None of us did anything to deserve to exist. Right? None of us did anything to deserve any of the relationships we have, to deserve any of our senses, our hands, our eyes, our tongues, any of the wine we've drunk, any of the food we've eaten. I mean, God invented flavor and taste buds." And enabled that combination. It's like we are all Powerball winners, all of us. It's <laughs> That's a, right. Amen. It's the odds of us existing are astronomically low. And and we get discontent when someone has two ears they can hear with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I can be like, darn it, my left ear's gone. I still have a right ear, but I also had that left ear for a good thirty eight years. I'm yeah, like, Gabe. Unlike Gabe. <laughs> so so you know, I won a little bit more Powerball than he did. Just just a, a, just a scooch. Yeah. But we, it's very easy for us to be jackpot winners all of us jackpot winners even if we have a really hard life right yeah we're jackpot winners 
and we don't see it. We always are looking at what somebody else got. You know, the subtitle like, to your book is Life is Meant to be Spent. Right. What does that mean? Uh, well, it's what I was just saying about heartbeats. You're, you're given wealth. You're given life like a resource, and you cannot keep it. It's all going to be spent. Mm-hmm. Right. All of it. And it's just a question of how you spend it. Mm-hmm. So do you spend it trying not to spend it? <laughs> like, right. guess yeah. what? You can't say You're still spending one heartbeat. Yeah. Just bump, bump. Bump, 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 bump. Yeah. It's just draining. It's like sand. It's yeah. just going. Yeah, you get the sand's going. Are you going to spend that heartbeat on the couch, or are you going to spend <laughs> yes. it laying your life on the court? Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So how how are you going <laughs> to spend court. it? Yeah. The court, the basketball court, <laughs> absolutely. The court of God. Uh, yes. <laughs> are you going to be? Yeah, exactly. So there's basically you've been given this big, big account, right? Like you're this big resource, the ultimate natural resource, which is to be made in the image of God, to be given and like and and really an eternal soul, like to be given the promise of resurrection, and to be given a window on this planet, like and you have those resources, they're all going away, all right, of them. Right, right. It's like saving them is not an option. They're all mm-hmm. going away. How do you spend it? Right. Like you've been told to spend. So if you get given that jackpot, and you're told, and also you can't keep any of it. Right, right. Like, so here's your yeah. Powerball check, and right. you can't keep any of it. Spend it. Right. That's what we're supposed to do with our lives. And, and this, this is why uh, the, you, this is my favorite book that you've you've written. My my kids love all your all your literature. And I love Hello reading, Ninja, but, Hello Ninja. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that would be your favorite game. I could read that in an hour. <laughs> it's my favorite. <laughs> it takes me an hour. Um, uh, but because Death by Living, I think really changed my perspective on on how I'm growing up to be a father, um, a businessman, a husband. Um, instead of going growing up trying to accumulate yeah. wealth and trying to store it away, it, it, it became it changed my perspective. It was more about like just leaving it on the court, leaving the wealth behind, giving it to your sons, giving it to your wife, yeah. giving it to. And, and most people, you know, as they grow up, they're like, "Man, I want to have my boat, and I want to have right more of this, you know, wealth for myself. I want to be able to retire when I'm 55. I want, you know, it's it yeah. all becomes about how they can kind of over time store up for them." And their own selves, and and of course their families with them. Their family gets gets to go along with that ride, but it's actually it's the exact opposite. It's, yeah. The more is, the more you grow up, the more you give. Yeah. So maybe make this a little more practical. So how does this vision of life differ from like say you know living the American dream? Like you know. Uh. Well, if we talk about like a pure American dream, those two things are not contradictory. Yeah. Yeah. If you're talking about trying to build something, right? You know, it's like acquire land. But if if I'm trying to acquire land, which I am, like. For whom am I doing that? It's like, is it for grandkids? You know, it's like when I when I just was giving advice to another guy who was like, oh, I'm not sure if I should just, you know, just sell this chunk of dirt off. And I said, you know, no, you know, no grandkid has ever said, I wish grandpa didn't buy so much land. It's like <laughs> ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Like if you look at it through somebody else's eyes downstream from you, instead of you right now, I could sell this land and get a boat. I could sell this land, and do a little more fishing. Like I could, I could consume more personally. I could personally taste all of it yeah. and leave nothing for my kids or leave nothing for my grandkids, or I can continue to lay out and accumulate. So I have no problem with accumulation when it's accumulation for someone else. Like if you're not, mm. you're not thinking about like, how do I hang on to this for myself? If you're, if you have a generational vision when you're doing it, that's right. a very different thing. So yeah. The American dream isn't really that now. That's right. not how it's defined maybe, now. Maybe it used to be more like yeah, that. I don't know. It could be, yeah. but at the same, at the same time. I think the most important aspect of this is realizing that uh, your final chapters, like what you think of as your final chapters or even your middle chapters, middle life, you know, later life 
are all the earlier chapters in other people's books. <laughs> do not, do not think, yeah. do not think of yourself as the hero of your own novel. Like right. think of yourself as a side character in the beginning of other people's. Oh man. So especially, especially with your own yeah. kids. So right now, you know, we all have kids and right now, like you're in like chapter two, chapter three of their life stories. Yeah. Right. And right. a big part of that is what was their dad like? Right. Like when you're telling right. the story of like any historical figure, what was their father like? What was their relationship like to their father? How right. was their, how do, how did their father behave? Right. Like is the essential groundwork and foundation to their life story. Right. Mm-hmm. In those early years. So instead of seeing ourselves as like, oh man, I'm getting towards retirement or, oh man, how do I get more money so that I can vacation more often? You know, think of yourself as like, okay, I'm writing these early chapters of somebody else's story. Yeah, that's great. Um, And God is terrifying and absolutely terrifying in that he gives us immortal, like immortals, (laughs) like eternal souls here mm-hmm. here are these yeah. little people and you, he get, says, you get 20 years yeah <laughs> here know? and i've i've yeah. said in the book also like take the most absurd avant-garde performance artist out there and say hey we're going to give you a human being and control their reality and create their childhood and their life story for the first 18 years of their life yeah. it'd be illegal <laughs> it's like you're not allowed to do that <laughs> like like and and god just does that all gives every day? Yeah, such high stakes, right. such high stakes gifts. I mean, he gives vast Amen. wealth, and he gives us these, well, these people. The truth? He gives us these people, these little people who will live forever, and and we have them just around us, and we're thinking instead about what am I going to do with my Monday? Yeah, right. you know, it's like, and we're I trying, we're trying to trying to get ahead. So, <laughs> death by living for me was like a conscious. The book is a conscious look at my own ancestors and those things that they did, who made them who mm. they were which became very much part of my psyche as a kid right? because of how they related to me and what they prioritized and how they loved and how they lived and then turning and looking downstream. So right. you look upstream at the people who came before and then you turn and look downstream and realize the they're early living. chapters in your life. Yeah. And then it helps you look at yeah. your life and, and how I'm going to, you know, yeah. lay down my life and, and spend it. How am I going to burn my heartbeats yeah, you know, in their early chapters? Just to piggyback on that, that was one of the reasons too, where, I remember that in the book and I remember reading like I remember thinking there's no excuse for your history, right? Like right. everyone has a history that's different. Some have better histories and some are starting a new one. But I think a lot of times, especially for me and I think people in my culture, there's a bitterness to our history mm-hmm. because sure. we don't have <laughs> what right. we see. Like, you again, he has more of the Powerball, Lord. You know, right, yeah. <laughs> things are going better over there for them. Why did I win the million dollar jackpot? Yeah, exactly. So, no, forget yeah. it. I, I won ten thousand dollars from a scratch off. <laughs> yes, <yeah. laughs> I'm going to the million. I'm going to the million. Dude. <laughs> you know, and so you're looking at it and you're like, oh, great. How's it? But there's no um, there's no responsibility to say, OK, this is the foundation I'm building now. Right. Right. Now, the story that I'm in now, I can change that. Like right now, I'm going to give my life for my children. Right now, I'm going to give my life to the Lord. Right now, I'm going to give my life to building uh, a future, right? And, and right. so I don't, that's not a, that helped me kind of forgive, right? Some yeah. of the things that my parents, my grandparents or whatever, that they didn't buy that land, you sure. know, <laughs> and say, okay, now where can you change that? So they can look back on and say, Hey, you know what? We're going to Chris, we're going to kiss granddaddy's picture. <laughs> Listen, and then yeah. I was like, I love you, granddaddy. Yeah. Love what you did. You know, the other, the other thing is the most important lesson there. When you think, man, I wish my granddad had bought land. Is, yeah. Get land, then buy land. What, whatever yeah, he, right. whatever you wish that your he still ancestors touches something. Well, yeah, what, yeah, yeah, exactly. But also, whatever you wish your ancestors had done for you, 
do it. Whatever you wish, you better be doing for your descendants or else right. you're a hypocrite. That's you're right. a total hypocrite. That's right. Anything you wish that people before you had done, yep. if you wish your parents had behaved a certain way or your mom or your dad had behaved a certain way, it's like you better not be yeah. failing to pass on that, that right. wish. It right. doesn't justify right. your complaining. So, yeah, right. exactly. So right. as far as it goes, you know, my grandfather survived World War II. Yeah. Lots of other people's grandfathers did not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, so yeah, that's, there's, there's an amazing gift there. Yeah. I got to see him in old age as a very hard man. I mean, a very hard man soften. And eventually I got to, you know, sit at Coeur d'Alene Lake as a kid and watch him baptized. Mm. Wow. It's like, so, you know, it's like there was all sorts of mm. things back there to be unhappy with, mm-hmm. but we're called to honor. So we're not supposed mm. to honor those things that were their mistakes or the things that were dishonorable. That's right. good. But we're still supposed to honor our fathers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like we, we honor them and we find what we can learn from them. So yeah. and then on the other side, you know, my dad's dad was a radical, crazy evangelist <laughs> who squandered all his material resources completely and utterly. <laughs> um, mm. and, and we really did. And did that with an absolute priority on the spiritual resources, the mm-hmm. spiritual wealth. Right, right. So to have all of his grandchildren and great-grandchildren be faithful believers right now, all of them is remarkable. Right. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. It's Amen. Like none, yeah. He has not lost a grandchild. Yeah. Right, like, right. Praise you know, God. And that's that's remarkable. So That's where he invested. Yeah. Did yeah. he sell his house in Michigan and take all the equity and buy books? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He did. And he put those wow. books in a van and drove to Idaho and gave a ton of them away. Right. It's like wow. that's that's where he was spending his heartbeat, spending his resources. So does he have a bunch of wealth? Do we have trust funds? No, he's not. Is he poor? Yes. <laughs> you know, are we incredibly wealthy and blessed? Yes. Yeah. He was like as a result yeah. of that. That's uh, right. You know, as a right. result of the way he lived. So Amen. Um and on the flip side, you know, the other. So as far as it goes, look upstream honor you know honor those who you know are your fathers because yeah. the, the bible tells you to it's very simple you honor uh, them what are you uh what are you working on now nate i am working on a uh preschool animated tv show for netflix hey mm. oh cool um trying to close a feature film with lionsgate okay let's that's do cool. it that's great and, man um why should say closing a feature film with lionsgate and trying to get a theatrical release date for a nature documentary so those are the those okay. are the, wow. those are the priorities right now. And okay. post surgery, I you know I feel like I haven't really worked, but I've gotten a lot done since brain surgery. Um, but but uh, <laughs> like they, walking, they just, yes. yeah. I stand up now. I can stand up. Um, <laughs> Not dizzy so too much. I'm supposed to be doing you know a lot of therapy twice a day and sleeping as much as possible because apparently that's the only way a brain repairs. Oh, it's sleep. Um, yeah, really. It's right. like they're like yeah. Unless you're in REM sleep, nothing's happening. Oh like, wow. Um, so yeah, it's still it's still <laughs> stupid. I have to be monitored. The doctors have these you know this app. They can log in on Wi-Fi and check everything about my sleep okay. and whether it's. You know, happening, happening or not yeah so they put that's a, funny. they put a chip in your brain tracking <laughs> i had to wear stupid gear uh, uh, you know it's like you know i yeah anyway i'm glad to be alive so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'll take it stupid gear <laughs> yeah. Stupid I'm gear. But, yeah so there's that um but it is basically what i'm working on right now is trying to get up to full speed and they you know they told me that after a year what is is and what i don't get back in a year, it's probably I'm just not I'm gonna. Just not gonna yeah, I'm so not you're gonna fighting right now to get it to get a lot back, huh? Yeah, and my wife has been calling me on it, 
you know, she's doing she's doing good work yeah, on a yeah. lively basis. She, she wants you to heal. Yeah, yeah. But she's on, telling Heather. me she's Welcome she was <laughs> yeah she was telling me basically that what I, she thought I was doing was adjusting and accommodating myself. You know, like I felt like oh, I'm, I'm improving. Like right. I feel better. I'm not falling down. Right. Right. You uh-huh. know, it's like, but uh-huh. she says, but you're doing workarounds. Yeah. You know, it's like. Which is yeah, not quite yeah, the same yeah. thing as not the same sleeping. thing as healing. Yeah. So boy, yeah. that rib boy works pretty yeah. good. Don't <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I actually just yesterday was in with a, a mean Swedish vestibular therapist Uh-oh. who basically confirmed all my wife's suspicions. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, the Swedes. It's like yeah, you're not you're not improving. Like, you think you are, but you're not. Oh like, man! Cause, well, like, praise God, man! Yeah, like, yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So she pray, pray for Nate, y'all. That I will, yeah. in fact, actually do yeah. all the things that make me yeah. nauseous. <laughs> and and you have a new book out. It's called The Door Before. Yes, The Door Before is a prequel to One Hundred Cupboards, and then the Outlaws of Time trilogy. Yeah. So the, the thing that I have actually been working on really is that I turned in the final book of the Outlaws of Time trilogy. Woo. Final draft, final book. Oh man, it's go go by Last of the Lost Boys. My, will come my out in the son spring. loves that oh. those books. Man. So and Door oh. Before just out. Go buy them. Buy, buy them. Death buy by them living. So I can sleep. Yes. <laughs> yes. Until next week, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. This is Cross Politic. Cheers. <laughs>